Yo, check this out. My name is Ezra Hill, and right now, I'm introducing you to my podcast. It's called Hill of Beans. It's a podcast about nothing and everything. My co-host Casey and I are going to be breaking down life from the perspective of two Midwestern middle-aged minds. We're not experts, just ordinary everyday people like you trying to navigate this vessel called life. And these waters can get rough. Our goal is to help keep you on course without having to abandon ship. So, I hope you'll enjoy our episodes. You just might find them inadvertently interesting and informative. And hopefully it'll amount to more than a hill of beans. Welcome back to the Hill of Beans podcast show. I am Ezra Hill, here with Casey Lucas. Hello. We are the dynamic duo that makes up Hill of Beans. Double trouble, baby. Guess what uh, I want to talk about today? Hmm. Since we're since our last episode was about Colts, I want to keep with that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to open with a question. Do you know who Dr. Barbara Snow is? Hmm. Dr. Barbara Snow. I don't. Who's that? She's a uh, licensed therapist okay. in Utah, Mormon country. Uh, she emerged in the 80s and 90s for speaking out against satanic ritual sexual abuse of children. Okay. So that was sort of how she came. Or I don't know if I want to say got famous, but that was sort of she was in the news and everything a lot. Um, well, yeah. For, for that. I mean, I didn't even know like this was a thing. Yeah, especially out in Utah. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine right now if a therapist came forward right now around here with that story? Yeah. Crazy. Right. It would kind of like it'd be everywhere. To me, it's kind of like an Odinism thing. Like, yeah. wait, what? What? Say what? Okay, uh, yeah. So tell me more. Okay. So she, she would see, she was a child therapist and she would see children. And then based on what the children would tell her, she was convinced there was a satanic cult that was sexually abusing children. Um, and then, so she would report this to police and of course they would start an investigation. And actually, you know, there were individuals convicted, uh, and spent some time in jail and stuff like that based on, um, the investigations. Um, and some of these people, uh, were convicted based on the testimony of the children in court. Uh, and one guy in particular, mm -hmm. the, his kids said that he sexually molested them as part of a satanic, and he was part of a satanic cult. Uh, so basically he ended up getting convicted. He spent some time in jail, was on probation, and he's still a registered sex offender. Um, but it was strictly based on the testimony of the kids. During the investigation, there was no evidence at all mm -hmm. of any of this stuff going on. Um, in fact, there's a psychologist, Dr. Robert Card, who uh, treated Alan Hatfield because that was part of his uh, release and probation was he had to be seen by a psychiatrist. And he treated him and found him to be not a, in no way, shape or form, a sexual deviant. And like he seemed like he basically said that he couldn't figure that there was anything wrong with him other than what these his own kids said to him alleged, uh, alleged right. that he did. Um, so I thought that was interesting because as Dr. Snow um, <clears throat> over time continued to report these things to authorities, the authorities started scratching their heads like, you know, we cannot, we've been doing this 
for years and we find no, we never find any evidence of any kind of satanic cult going on, Mm -hmm. you know? So people, they started looking at her. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, this is a huge accusation. So you really want that, you know, you want that hardcore evidence, right? Yeah. And investigators started to become wary of her because of lack of evidence and all this stuff. You know, people started taking a look at her and her practices and they started accusing her of coercing and coaching these kids ah. into the into saying that they were sexually abused in this satanic cult. Yeah, people started coming out and testifying in some of these court cases saying that, you know, she was coaching the kids and coercing them and that she would tell them things that happened and they were like, no, that's not what happened. That's not true. And so um, she even was criticized by the uh, Utah State Supreme Court. And she was people were saying that she was implanting false memories mm. into these kids, basically coaching them into thinking that something happened that really didn't happen. Well, what do you think her motive was? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, did she just want a story? I, I think, yes. I think to get notoriety. I mean, coming out and saying there's a satanic cult that's sexually abusing children in Utah, that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's going to garner attention. So I think that w- maybe seeking fame, mm-hmm. notoriety. Well, I mean, and you've heard of that stuff before, right? Like people, you know come up with these elaborate lies. This is totally different because it's at the expense of children, which is super sad. Um, but people do that to get on a certain platform. Yeah. And, uh, so going along with that in 2008, she was put on probation by the Utah division of occupational professional licensing, uh, to avoid protracted litigation for violating the Utah codes of professional conduct and ethical principles defined by the national association of social workers. Um, and it was based on a lot of these, um, her practices and methods in which she practiced on the children. And, um, she even was seeing some of her own family members, I guess, is a uh, ethical no-no um, when you're a therapist. Who was she seeing? Her own, some of her own family members. Oh, uh, she was treating some of her yes, family. Okay. Including her brother's children. Okay. And they started saying that her brother no. was molesting them in part of a satanic cult. No. And then, so... Her brother's wife, her sister-in-law, was like, I'm going to confront him and tell him, you know, what's, you know, ask him what if this is true and all stuff. And then the therapist was like, no, 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 don't do that. And so the therapist, Barbara Snow, found out that she was going to confront her brother. So she shows up at the house with a baseball bat because she was mad because she didn't want her sister-in-law to tell her brother what the kids were saying. Uh-huh. And so she goes into their house with the baseball bat and starts messing, messing everything up. Oh yeah. Just going, at, going ape shit with this baseball. bat. She sounds uh, really uh, sane, Ezra. Yeah. So anyways, this lady, I don't know, based on the research I've done on her, she seems 
crazy and I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it's pretty bizarre, but one of her patients, one of her children patients, Mm -hmm. uh, turned out to be someone famous. Ooh, who is it? Teal Swan. (laughs) Back it up. Rewind. so, So guess what? Teal Swan story is, which we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, we just talked about her. She was abused by a satanic ritual. No. Or a satanic cult sexually abused her. Yeah, Yeah. that's part of her story. Yeah. So And that and Barbara Snow is her therapist. Yeah. Stop it. No. Okay, I am in sensory overload right now. I'm trying to process. So Dr. Snow went to the police in two thousand six and reported to the police what Teal Swan had been telling her. Supposedly, and the police opened an investigation, but they closed it because there was no evidence. So, based on Teal Swanner's story, and and then based on researching her therapist, mm-hmm. there's a weird connection there. Of wait a minute, this just doesn't make you know. Now I see where Teal's coming from, and maybe what Teal claims happened didn't really happen because it was planted in her. Okay. Okay. As a kid. So you've been playing PI clearly. So after we dove in on our last episode, which if you guys haven't listened to that yet, stop this now and go back. So after that, you went, you dug in and then you found out who Teal's uh, therapist was and you dug into anything you could find on this therapist and you uncovered that. Yes. Now, you guys, if you are not going to go back and listen to the last episode, Teal Swan says that she was sexually abused and um, part of the satanic rituals. Yeah. And the main, how I stumbled onto this was because I was trying to find some information about Teal's parents because I wanted to know what they thought about everything. I, I, I found a documentary. I forget what it's called. I should have wrote it down. But it had a brief interview of her parents in the documentary. And it was a documentary basically making Teal look good. Um as like a spiritual healer, you know? Um, but her parents basically in this documentary, they were interviewed very briefly. I mean, like maybe a minute or so of commentary that they, that they put in this documentary and her parents basically during this interview, believe everything Teal says. And they're basically like, yeah, all this happened right under our nose and we didn't know it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because I wanted to dive in and try and find out when all this abuse and satanic ritual stuff was going on, did anyone else have any inclination? Because that's a big deal for a kid or someone to be going through and no one know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, and I understand too that. It, but if, I mean, I think you need to remind people of some of the things that Teal says happened to her at a, as a kid, like there's some really out there things that is very hard for us to wrap our mind around. Like, didn't you say something about that? She said that she was put inside a dead body. Like they cut open the dead body and sewed it up and put her in it. Yeah. So here, check out this clip. His best friend was a mortician. So his friend was not the greatest of characters. So um, he could gain access to the bodies before they were cremated, and he'd do a lot of really horrific stuff with me with that late at night. And, like, he knew he'd take me into the mortician's office late at night, and when I was about, I'd say, eight years old, he ended up sewing me into a body and leaving me there for about 12 hours. And then when I was at his house, he would keep me in the basement 
or in this hole that he had outside, which was a three foot by four foot hole. And he also, one of his personalities belonged to this cult, two cults actually, one of his personalities belonged to a satanic cult, another one of his personalities belonged to a Christian cult, and so he would take me back and forth from one to the other based on which personality he was in. And I had to participate in really horrific ritual ceremonies. Oh my goodness, T.R. Yeah. <laughs> they basically said the satanic cult for punishment cut open a dead body. I think, I think, I'm assuming it was a fresh dead body. Cut it open, put her inside, inside the body, and s- stitched it up and left her in there for like hours. As like I, a punishment or yeah, something? Yeah, for a punishment. Yeah. Uh, but and I don't it even. Makes you, it makes you think now, like, is this something from that therapist, Barbara Snow, that as a child she implanted into her mind and that these kids, it sounds to me like they're saying you made these kids believe this happened to them. Correct. Exactly. And if, and so so much, in fact, that the, the Hatfield guy that I was talking about earlier. I don't know. I think he he still maintains his innocence to this day. And it'd be interesting, whatever, what how that develops as far as his kids when they get older, if they stick to the story or not, because a lot of people don't think that he really molested his kids to see. And and you know what? and, And I'm not saying some of these kids weren't molested or abused in some sort of way. But maybe something did happen, but this whole satanic thing was implanted, you know, to make it bigger than what it was. Not that being molested isn't a big deal. It is. It's awful. It's just there's I find it hard to believe that a police investigation couldn't uncover anything about a satanic cult. I mean, if it's very ritualistic, you know, I would think they would. Yeah, I would think they would be able to find or track something down in relationship to that, but they mm-hmm. never did. So I'm like completely disgusted on both sides of the coin here. So if those kids were molested, I'm heartbroken, disgusted about the the fact that that happened to them. That's awful. I mean, you are changing a child's life and their path going forward in the way they operate and think. The other side of the coin is this therapist what she did is just as bad if they were never molested. What she did to them, if they were never even touched, is just as bad. Because she was instilling these memories and thoughts. And the the brain is so influential and still developing at such a young age that it's, that's creating trauma itself. So is Teal a... Um, is she a product of this Barbara Snow? And she believes that she was really molested and part of satanic cults or did this really happen? Well, um, yeah, it's I a mean, good question. It is like, and yeah. in that documentary, the deep end, um, there were individuals, I think in that documentary, if I remember right, that were interviewed that said, you know, Teal was telling me this and I'm like, no, that didn't happen. I was never sexually abused or what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Teal is in turn, According to some of her ex-patients, 
uh, doing the same practices yeah, and planting false memories into their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she, you know, in, in some of that video footage in the deep end documentary, you actually see her engage another person and it, it's actually in a group setting and they, you know, this, this one girl I remember, she said, you know, you said my life would be better and it's shit. It sucks. And she says, no, no, it doesn't. And then she said, no, it does. It's gotten worse. And Teal says, no, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she looked at her and she said, this is bullshit. I'm telling you right now, things are worse. And Teal expected everyone in that moment to accept whatever her perception or whatever Teal's reality is and uh, to own that. Yeah. But yet she wants you to, she wants you to accept the truth. Right. That that's her goal. Yeah. She says, and, and is it the truth or is it Teal's truth? Correct. Right. But why does Teal have a problem accepting somebody's truth? Right. It's like, I, I want you to say yes and accept the way of my thinking and say what I'm telling you. And then I want you to follow me and I want to cash in on this. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's when you're trying to, be somebody in a way, or you're trying to achieve success or elevate yourself to the top. One thing that helps with that is having a story, right? Mm -hmm. Well, some people might look at their life story and be like, man, it's just not, it's not good enough or whatever. So, you know, her, you know, continuing down this road of, Hey, I was, in a satanic cult as a kid, you know, it just, it's so crazy and bizarre. People like, Oh my God, I can't believe you survived all that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this based on what we've talked about in the previous podcast and this one is it just brings a lot of that. What is the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and people will fabricate things to achieve success. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, look at politics. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And you just threw me for a loop today coming in with some of this background about Teal's therapist when she was younger and that she has been accused of implanting false memories into children's minds. And basically Teal seems to be continuing the same behaviors that, yeah. I mean, is she like Barbara Snow? Right. Uh, and, and what's crazy is when <laughs> she's, uh, the reincarnate, uh, Teal Swan believes in reincarnation, so she's the reincarnation of Barbara Snow, maybe. Oh, uh, is Barbara dead? I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure on that. Hmm. I did not find. I did not find. We'll have to look into death. that. I do want to touch on Teal's practice when it comes to suicide, because basically she says, if you're unhappy with yourself, you know, we, we she believes in reincarnation. Go ahead and kill yourself. She'll say that. And when someone is thinking of suicide teal basically says well why haven't you done it Mm -hmm. you know why don't you do it and basically what teal says is if you're if you're unhappy kill yourself but kind of like okay kill yourself tomorrow now think about what are you going to do until you kill yourself and what she's saying is that brings the purpose the person into the moment living in the moment so to speak which you have to be when someone is suicidal, you it's extremely sensitive and dangerous and you can't be negligent 
in your practice. And because Teal has had at least one or two, I think, of her patients actually, they went after a session with Teal, they went and killed themselves. Uh, and how is there no, like, did the family sue? Do we know? I don't know that I haven't, haven't gone down that road. There's yet. so many, so <laughs> yeah. many things we could like, you could probably, into. you could probably do a podcast on just Teal Swan. Mm-hmm. There's just so much stuff out there. Um, but you know, I, myself, I do think about my death from time to time and not that I want to kill myself or anything like that, but I think about my death to put things in perspective because I think, okay, if I got one year left to live, where do my priorities need to be? If I die tomorrow, where do my priorities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, and I challenge people, I think you should think about that to help keep the priorities in your life in check because we, we are guilty of living in a society where we're all about, we're all chasing that dollar and this and that. And, you know, we, we let our priorities get away from us and you know, then it's next thing, you know, it's like, Oh man, my kids are growing up and man, I miss so much stuff, you know, cause I was doing this or that. Uh, so I think, I think bringing the idea of living in the moment into your mind and, and into perspective, I think that's good. But when someone is actually is really down and out and they are thinking about suicide, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea to be like, Hey, just go ahead and kill yourself. Then. Mm-hmm. And if, if she thinks that this is a tactic to do some sort of reverse psychology at the end of the day, that tactic does not work on everyone and is very dangerous when it comes to suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here are Teal Swan's own words. If we could say to people, okay, I'm going to humor you for a minute. In this safe space that we're in, what if we actually do look at these emotions that you have about suicide? Look at the thoughts about committing suicide. What if we consciously play out the tragedy of this suicide? We see the impact on the family. We see what happens after this initial relief phase that they think they're getting. We introduce them to the what then after death. What if this counterintuitive way of going about approaching suicidality actually is what enables a person to see that the best choice for them is to commit to life? There's a push right now for it to only be legal for licensed professionals that are trained through mainstream education to be speaking about the mind and about emotions. I find this terrifying. I have always been clear about this and I'll say it again now. I am not a doctor. I am not a licensed therapist. I'm not a psychologist. What I am is a spiritual leader. What I am is a revolutionary in the field of personal development. Okay, so Teal talks about how a lot of professional psychologists and therapists want people to redirect their thoughts and think about other things when they're suicidal. Focus on the positives of life. What's good about life? Teal wants to address her patient to think about, you know, the suicide itself and the, the bad. What's making you think you want to be suicidal? Because she says 
in some of her online videos that trying to redirect your mind to think about other things, she claims that doesn't work when it comes to suicide prevention. And again, she's not a professional. I'm not a professional. So if she's going to chime in, I'm going to chime in and say, I do believe that you can redirect your mind and focus on the positive things. Is it easy to do? Absolutely not. It's it's difficult, um, especially when you have anxiety. And again, that's why you need to see a professional and possibly get medication to help with your anxiety, um, because anxiety can drive uh, your mind crazy and send you into a lot of uh, places you don't want to be mentally, but can attest to changing my mind and my thoughts and focusing on positives. This is why meditation um, especially guided meditation. This is why it's so good for your mind is because it forces you to put yourself in a place that you want to be and it's peaceful and less stressful. You know, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with being a spiritual leader. However, when it comes to certain things, I think you definitely need help, um, opinion from professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying spirituality doesn't play a role in anything. Um, I think it does, but there's just certain things that are very sensitive that requires the help and input and opinion and advice from a professional. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what Teal Swan does isn't any different than what you and I do. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not professionals. We're not uh, licensed. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, do we want to help people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if someone came to us and was like, hey, you know, I'm suicidal. I don't know what to do. You know, that's I mean, I'm going to support that person, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to get them help. Yeah. You know, Uh, you know, the part I did not. First of all, let me say this. And I said it the last time we, we recorded when she speaks she draws you in. She draws me in. She's such a good speaker. Yeah. And there's so much confidence with what she says that it, you could be very easily manipulated into her way of practice or thinking. Now, the part that I absolutely found 100% not okay. She just said she is revolutionary. So right then and there, she is pulling the power, the the credibility, the schooling that all these doctors have done in their life for this one thing with suicide and just discredits them. Yeah. Uh, And also, okay, if that's how she's identifying herself, and I'm not saying people can't be revolutionary in whatever but the, in my opinion, there's steps to get there. You need to go, you need to get educated, you need to get licensed, you need to get a PhD, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then take that and your experience and then become revolutionary. Yeah, I want, I want, you know, a lot of the doctors out there, you know, there are case studies that are done. They are part of trials. How many case studies has, has Teal Swan done? How much, uh, you know, work did she put in with other people that aren't even thinking the way she is? And here's the other crazy thing. We don't even know if what her story is, is even true. 
I'm not saying, you know, I get it. People um, like we've, we've talked about this. People get desperate. They get hopeless and they are, are, are desperate for help and they will get on the internet and try and find it. And unfortunately these cult like environments prey on people like that because they know they're vulnerable. Oh yeah. We're going to love you. We're going to fix you. Come on in. All you got to do is pay $3,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and it's sad and unfortunate. And, 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 you know, it goes back to how readily available is mental health help in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people out there that they don't have insurance. They, they can't afford it. And it's terrible, you know, that, that sometimes that's what people face is, Hey, I need help, but you know, I can't afford to get help or mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes we have to figure out a way to better help people who with mental health issues. Uh, we absolutely have to. I think it's a epidemic, mm-hmm. and, and you it know, is, yeah. I, I believe too. What what else has been going on with? I would say murders and suicides. They're on the rise since uh, social media has come mm-hmm. about. Yeah. You know, and that I think that plays a major role into a lot of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Because we're living in a, a virtual reality and we're not living in reality. Everything's online. Yes. And so we are missing the the, you know, the engagement of people, the physical touch, the community immediately around you, um, the social interaction altogether. That alone Take your computers and your devices away. That right there, there's a reason that none of this was here initially. And it was because of how we were constructed as humans to function and love and grow and develop. Well, when you start removing some of those natural things that were designed for us, I think by God, you know, then it's going to change our processing in the way we think, behave. We have more anger and we have, you know, like the, the suicides we just have. We're losing hope in this world. Mm-hmm. It's a sad. I mean, it's it's sad. It is. And, um, you know, individuals out there that aren't in that situation, I think they have an obligation to try and help others as much as possible. You know, because there were points in my life where I was down about as low as I could get. You know, suicide, killing myself would enter my head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank God for my kids, because if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would have ended up. But there were some points in my life where I was as low as I, I didn't think I could ever recover. You know, I was just so mentally depressed. I just lost a lot of hope and things. And part of it was, can I be- ask you like how long ago? I mean, just a time period. Were you it younger? Was, or- it was back when I was married and then going through my divorce. The holidays are a tough time. You know, your first time, you know, when you go through Christmas and you don't have your kids there, you yeah. know, things just, you know, just Again, there was a going lo- through that community, those people around you. Yeah. yeah there was a lot of uh, just things that, happened in my twenties, um, that put me in a really low place. And, and, you know, some of it was my own fault. Other things were out of my control and it just piles up and there gets to a point where you just can't take it anymore. And you're like, I don't, 
I don't know how much longer I can deal with this shit, you know? And, um, and, and I didn't know how to get help or, or no, I have a question when you, when you got to that, when, when all of a sudden, you know, those thoughts start coming in your mind, it is the pain so bad that you actually, during that time period that you already feel like that you're dying. It was just, I was in so much pain and hurt and depression that I just, I was sick. Like I couldn't, it made you physically I, I was so sick. hopeless. Yeah, yeah. I was just physically sick. I was, so, you know, I was drinking, I was smoking. I, I was just trying, I, I was trying to deal with things I didn't know how to deal with and I didn't know where to go get help. And, and I was, because I'm introverted and, uh, you know, I have an anxiety disorder. I don't, I would, I didn't want to burden someone with my problems. Mm-hmm. So I kept it all inside and I was just like, you know, hopeless. I mean, I just constantly all the time I was thinking, why is this? Ha- why is my life like this? Why is this happening? I made some bad decisions or, you know, why can't things work out for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, it gets you down. I mean, do I understand why everyone, you know, why people commit suicide? No, not, no. I mean, everyone has their own reasons and that, uh, but I get it when you get down and you're hopeless and it comes into your mind. And, And, you know, there's a lot of factors that can play into suicide and I don't, you know, I don't sit here. I'm not sitting here trying to say, Oh, I get it. I understand because I, you know, you just don't, you never know what someone's going through, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but if you get to that point where, you know, someone decides in their life, I mean, it's just so terrible and tragic. And you're like, dude, if I would have only known, you know, if I wouldn't, I would have reached out or what, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's, again, that's where I say you got to get some professional help. Um, you know, because you know, I, I, I've experienced some things, some periods in my life that have been very low and it's very, when you get there, you think, I don't know if this is ever going to get better. You I don't know if I can ever out. get out of this. Yeah. So, and you're like, I don't, I can't live my life like this. Yeah. And then you start thinking, so why am I even living? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, the closest that I can get to that, I struggled with, you know, really bad, bad postpartum depression. And what was crazy is everything around me was just fine. But somewhere something got off and, and, you know, chemicals or whatever in the brain after having the baby changed something in me. And I could not see or feel any happiness and it got so bad I had to go see a doctor. And when I think of that, it, it, okay, so let's say, you know, a person, not only is there the mental health, like, you know, we do know that, you know, mental health is a big thing and that people can have, you know, what is it, bipolar or mm-hmm. um, the different yeah, it, it, different things. Exactly. And so you take a person like that, say they naturally have something wrong with them, but then they're going through a hard time. Can they really even think in the right frame of mind because they're chemically imbalanced of some sort? Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. And, and, you know, it goes back to, I mean, Teal, she can't prescribe medicines, Mm-mm. you know, and, and uh, sometimes people need to be medicated for different things. Or even if it's a short period of time to be like, hey, 
here, this is going to help you get you through this, you know, or, or whatever. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that's what you need to do or the right thing to do, but that's why I say it. Talk to a professional, Yeah, you know, for anyone out there that if you're listening and, and you're, and you're having suicidal thoughts or you, or, you know, someone or encounter someone, um, an easy way to get some help is to call 988. Um, that's the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline out there. That uh, And here's a little political knowledge for you. Okay. Uh, in 2020, Trump signed a bill to create the 988 program. And then Biden, his administration, has invested more than $400 million, uh, towards crisis centers and other mental health services. So mm-hmm. uh, good job, Trump. Yeah. Good job, Biden. You know. Amen. So, and, and, you know, going into the holidays, it's a, it's a tough time too. And so that's just something to keep in mind, whether it be you or if you encounter some, I've actually had someone in my life that said, Hey, I, I think I'm going to kill myself, you know? And I was like, oh, shit, I, yeah, I fucking panicked. So I had, you know, I started, and this was before I had a smartphone, so I didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. luckily I had the old phone book <laughs> and I, I found some people to call and just started, you know, Hey, this woman, I don't know what to do, you know, and was able to get that person to some professional help, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, another thing that I want to say, and I love that you shared, you know, where people can call and get that help. Don't be embarrassed or afraid to tell somebody that yeah. is, that's huge. Like people there, hold that in. We see people kill themselves that nobody had any idea. Yeah. And that has to be a, a pride thing or, you know, I just don't want to show what's really happening because I'll look weak. You never know what kind of internal battle someone has going on and it's okay to get help. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. I mean, finally, when I started getting help, for myself, it completely turned my, that's why I'm talking about it now is because it turned my life around. And now I'm like, gee, you know, damn, I wish I would have got this help sooner. Right. Right. You know, um, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's dealing with shit. Everybody's got stuff going on and, and life can be a real fucking battle, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, that's why I say, and for people out there that don't like to talk, you can even text nine, eight, eight. Okay. And, and they and they can engage you that way or go to 988lifeline.org. Um, so keep that in mind. That's, a, I think, a wrap on this one, right? That's a wrap. And so, you know, hey, we might be back with some more uh, Teal Swan stuff if Ezra keeps playing P.I. Well, <laughs> yeah, but there's so much. You know what? You can only rabbit hole so many hours of the day. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. I was up late last night. I went down the rabbit hole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think you were texting me uh-huh. and I was like, dang, Casey, I'm trying to go to bed. <laughs> I know. I know. It was it was a rough night last night. I got sucked in. All right, you guys, you can email us at hfbeans at gmail.com or join our Facebook group at Hill of Beans with Ezra and Casey. Just click join group, follow the rules and have fun with us. Peace.